Welcome to the Global Hearted Podcast, where your heart for people around the world can deepen, and where you can be empowered to better reflect Jesus and His heart for all to know Him. I'm Jason Paulson, here with Anthony Taylor for today's discussion. Genesis chapter 5. This is the list of the descendants of Adam. When God created humankind, He made them in the likeness of God. Male and female He created them, and he blessed them and named them humankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. Seth lived after the birth of Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. Enosh lived after the birth of Kenan 815 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalel. Kenan lived after the birth of Mahalalel 840 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. Mahalalel lived after the birth of Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. Jared lived after the birth of Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah 300 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. Methuselah lived after the birth of Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he became the father of a son. He named him Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the toil of our hands. Lamech lived after the birth of Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, Anthony, in our last episode, we finished uh, finished up talking about Genesis chapter 4. Um, and as we were looking ahead, Genesis chapter 5 uh, has a lot of genealogy. Um, 
we uh you thought maybe instead of spending a whole lot of time uh, stumbling over pronunciation and talking about the ge genealogy there might be uh, one or two uh, points to pull out about that but then we'll move on to chapter six um so what out of that genealogy that's in genesis 5 um what are one or two interesting things to point out as we're reading the bible with our muslim friends well uh first is a cultural point number one uh, genealogies to us as you know you're american i'm american so to the american culture you know genealogy is we wonder why is this even in the bible <laughs> <laughs> but there are many cultures and um, our Muslim friends are coming from those kinds of cultures that have a place a high value on genealogy because you're not an individual in the world. What makes you who you are is where you come from. You know, you know, what is your lineage? For example, if you go to Jordan today and you just hear somebody's name or, you know, if they're talking to each other, Jordanians, and they just hear a name, they know exactly where that person is from. They know what you know, what tribe that person is from, whether that person is actually Jordanian or whether that person is Palestinian or, you know, whatever. They just know a lot just from the person's name. Well, we don't have that necessarily and um and so genealogy to many cultures is very important so this actually chapter five might be very interesting to our our muslim friends simply because of you know this concept of i'm not who i i'm not a self-made person i'm a, i come from a stream of people and I my identity is wrapped up into is in among who I've come from, and so that's why the genealogy is could be very important to them. So just to, to make that note, um, and then as we look at this genealogy in chapter five, it it sort of parallels the genealogy that's in chapter four. Uh, in chapter four, there's a list of ten names. Um, as you begin with Cain, and you you go from um, actually it's, it's Adam. You're starting with Adam in chapter four. Adam, Cain, Enoch, Irad, Mehujael, Methushael, Lamech is number seven. Jabal, Jubal, and Tubal Cain. So you have ten names there, and the seventh name is Lamech, and um, and that's he's the one who is the demonstration of how the, the world is falling apart because he's a polygamist and he's a murderer you know he's a violent person and he's kind of dangerous to be around um and so then when we get into chapter uh, five again we begin with adam we have adam seth enosh kenan mahalel jared enoch and enoch is number seven Enoch parallels Lamech. And then you have Methuselah, and then you have another Lamech, and then you have Noah. And then after Noah in verse 32, you have the three, the three sons of Noah. But 
if we stop with Noah, that's 10 names, and Enoch is number seven. And there's an interesting point about Enoch. Enoch, it says, Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. Um, for God took him. And so that, again, as we read a passage with our Muslim friends, we want to, after we read it with them, to ask them what did they notice in the chapter and what, what stood out to them. And it's likely that that point is going to stand out. And what does it mean to walk with God? And, you know, the text doesn't tell us what that means. But it's an interesting point. Enoch is paralleled with Lamech uh, in chapter 4. Um, and Enoch is this person who walks with God. And in walking with God, and, and again, think of this in a, this is part of the Pentateuch. So if we're going to jump out for a second, put it in a larger context. You've got a context where, um, you know, Abraham isn't shown actually as walking with God through life. God appears to him at different points. He walks in submission to God and he walks in obedience to God. But the picture that we get of Abraham is not something that walk, is not someone who walks with God. And we don't get that picture of walking with God until Exodus, when the children of Israel come out of Egypt and then they're walking, you know, God is present with them. He's there present with them in the pillar of fire by day, and he's present with them in the pillar of, uh, no, pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And so they're walking with God, you know, and so we have this picture of walking with God very clearly from, from you know, the exodus onward. Because then they have the tabernacle in the wilderness and God's presence is among them. The tabernacle is in the center. And then, you know, once they get into the land of Canaan, you know, eventually the temple is built and God is dwelling among them in, you know, in the temple. So the picture of being walking and living in God's presence becomes very clear later on. But here it's just, given as a seed thought. And so, you know, it would be interesting to ask questions and elicit from our Muslim friends, what do they think? What does that mean to walk with God? What does that look like? What do you think it looks like? And <clears throat> there's, there's not a whole lot of stuff so far that will show us what that means. But it, I think it's an important question to ask. And, um, and to, you know, begin to ponder, even for ourselves, what does it mean to walk with God? Um, because this is, you know, if we jump to the New Testament, you know, God, you know, in, in Exodus, God dwelt in the tabernacle. God was present with his people. And that's the whole point of the tabernacle. That's the whole point of the temple. And in because of what Christ has done for us and because of, you know, when we turned our lives over to the Lord, you know, he came to dwell within us. We, our bodies, are the temple of the living God. 
And so we walk with God as well. I mean, that's the privilege of being in Christ is to walk with God. And so is, is to capture the, you know, this is something that's being emerging right here from, uh, from chapter five. And this is going to, this concept of walking with God is just going to just permeate the scriptures, not in a, you know, necessarily in a, in your face way, but it's there, that message is there. Um, another point is uh, in chapter, in chapter five, verse three, it says, when Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness, according to his image and named him Seth. And why does the, the, um, why does the chapter make that point? And we could ask that question because in Genesis chapter one, we, we read that um, when God created in verse 27, when, well, it's verse 26, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And so God did make humankind in his image and likeness. And so then the question is, why does the text say this again? Um, uh, now, some people would say it's trying to show that uh, because Adam had sinned, um, the his children are no longer made in the image and likeness of God as Adam was. Now they're, you know, that, that sinfulness is being transmitted through Adam. Um, and that could be part of the, you know, that could be uh, a dimension of the text. But I think um, there are others who would just say, uh, this is to show that Adam was made in the image and likeness of God. And so that, you know, even with the fall, um, you know, that image and likeness remains and is transmitted uh, through the seed of through the seed of Adam. And so we are all made in the image and the likeness of God. And this is just to reinforce that. And if you go to Genesis 9, we're going to see that um, the reason, you know, that if somebody kills somebody, there's supposed to be capital punishment because all human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. And they're, you know, have inherent value because of that. Um, and so if we're going to align it with just uh, what we see coming up in Genesis chapter nine, it, it's to show that, you know, this being made in the image and likeness of God is being sustained. The fall did not take that away from us. Um, every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. That's another point. And then the third, another point would be, um, uh, why did they live so long? <laughs> and, you know, how is it they lived 800 or 910 years? Or uh, how is it that they lived so long? And what's the point, you know? And there's no, I don't have an answer to the question. Um, uh, I, I, I just sit there and I go, well, that's what this, that's what the narrative says. Um, my personal 
opinion on this is I think what it what it's trying to say, what it's communicating to me anyway, as I read this, again, we've discovered God as creator. And as we've read the text so far, God has revealed himself as the creator, as the sustainer in chapter four, we've seen that he sustains life, even though we had, you know, humankind had sinned, Cain had sinned and went off in his own direction a part, you know, outside of the, you know, the presence of God, he left him. Um, yet God remained faithful to his creation and to humankind. And even though in a sense, Cain left God, God didn't leave Cain and he stayed and he sustained the human, humankind uh, by, you know, keeping the, you know, the life, keeping life going and allowing civilization to, to develop and so so we see that in the arts and the metallurgy etc um and the development of all these things and so god has revealed himself as creator and as sustainer and god has also revealed himself as the revealer he was revealing himself he's revealing truth because he comes to adam and eve and then he comes to cain and so he's he's the revealer but he is also the redeemer and um and as the redeemer god is a god of love and graciousness and forbearance and we see that very clearly as we read you know paul and romans but you know and so even though the sentence of death was there i think you know god was just you know because god you know, in First Corinthians 13, it says, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And God in his love was enduring, you know, the sinfulness of humankind in, you know, in the desire to see them come to repentance. Now that <clears throat> that's my own personal uh, thinking here. That's what I think the text is trying to say, that God does not, as it says in Ezekiel, uh, 18 god does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked god you know seeks to restore people to himself and so that truth is coming out to me but again that's my own my own personal interpretation here but then yeah, we I, come down to the do. end of the chapter just one more point and it says in verse um 29 you know that's the birth of noah to lamech and he says uh Lamech named him Noah, saying, Noah isn't means rest in Hebrew. And it says, out of the ground that the Lord is cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the toil of our hands. And so we get a sense of the, the, the daily grind that was quite difficult, uh, you know, in this verse. And they're looking for um, relief from you know the curse of the ground that they were living under and uh, Noah was prophesied to to be that that one who brings relief um and so that's another thing what does this mean and then we're going to move into chapter six so those are the thoughts that I had of chapter five one of the things that I have heard about the um length of years that the 
genealogy records. This is from a um, Old Testament professor who had also studied uh, Akkadian and Sumerian texts that were written, you know, roughly at the same time, is that these other cultures uh, have texts that the reigns of kings are specified as thousands or tens of thousands of years, and everyone understood that this person probably didn't really reign for 10,000 years, but they were uh, the long time shows that they were powerful and long, long lived. And so part of what this genealogy is doing with having these, uh, these men live so long is saying before the flood, men were men were different and the flood was a significant change in the world and in what we perceive and there's some parallel that now that i started talking about it i'm not fully remembering with um these other akkadian and sumerian the cultures that would have surrounded um you know the israelites around the time that this would have been uh, written and recorded and something there's something with the egyptians i shouldn't stop stalling and try to remember i should have looked this up and had better notes but no problem but that that makes me wonder too um one of the things that i i noted when you were talking about this is that lamech and enoch are both the seventh from adam um, and that seven, you know, the number seven comes up a lot in the Bible and Hebrew thought. Um, do you do you know if that is something that our Muslim friends, they'll look and say, oh, the number seven, this means the, you know, completion like it does in Hebrew, or if that's just a, you know, is that just a number to them? I Again, you can't generalize across to everybody, but is there some? I, I Well, in the culture that I was, <clears throat> number seven wasn't a significant number, but you know, in biblical, the biblical world, number seven is an important number, and it would be valuable to point that out. Um, I mean, there's just so many things you can point out. <laughs> I, I, but <clears throat> it's, but it isn't. It wasn't a number that would stand out to my the friends that I was interacting with. Well, Anthony, I think you've given us a lot to think about uh, here with um, Genesis chapter five, um, just with how this genealogy uh, is more than just a list of names, but it in itself is uh, teaching us about who God is, um, who we are in him and what God has intended. So... Um, this may may not be a chapter that is uh, if you're reading it with your Muslim friends is always the easiest to uh, get through, or one that you want to spend a lot of time on. But hopefully, uh, what what Anthony's talked about here today for our listeners, if they are reading the Bible and someone uh, really wants to dig into this, hopefully uh, you've got some more thoughts to think about there from um, from chapter five. So, uh, Anthony, thanks for, thanks for your time today. Hey, God bless. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Global Hearted Podcast. If you have more questions about how you can find ways to follow Jesus around the globe, or if you have questions you would like to hear Anthony answer, email us at 
anthony.taylor at globalhearted.com. Or to hear more episodes, go to globalhearted.com. And now receive a good word. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age.